Today is May 23rd, 2019, and this is Thursday's edition of On the Hop. Boys will be boys. After the Frazier Eaton ponytail pull-in playground fight, two more players are back at it with their own feud. According to thescore.com, Boston Red Sox manager Alex Cora had some choice words for Toronto Blue Jays right-hander Marcus Stroman following Tuesday's game between the two clubs. Cora didn't seem too thrilled after Stroman, who's known for his demonstrative nature on the mound, tossed an apparent quick pitch against Red Sox rookie second baseman Michael Chavis in the fourth inning. Here are Cora's comments. I was telling home plate umpire Alan Porter, if he's going to get on our guys, get on him. It's the same thing with him every day. He competes a certain way and people don't like it. It seems like whenever a team comes in, somebody screams at him. I don't know. That's the way he acts. Here's how Marcus Stroman responded on Twitter as he retweeted Cora's previous statement. I compete. That's it. Didn't know I had to cater to opposing teams to like me. Everyone messes with timing, deliveries, and pitching mechanics these days. Everyone. Get over it. I'm going to keep that dog mentality always. Pops raised me right and approves of it all. He even added a comment saying, Cora probably still mad I chose to play for USA Baseball over Puerto Rico. Now it all makes sense. Now, for a guy who isn't bothered by others' comments or as someone who couldn't care less, he seems to really care. Like, a lot. Alex Cora decided to better explain what he meant by his comments yesterday. It's the Stro show, you know? He's on the mound, and he has his antics, and he gets under people's skin, and all of a sudden, he pitches six innings. I was with the Astros. And people from the dugout were screaming at him. And with the Red Sox, people in the dugout are screaming at him. It's part of it. I said he competes a certain way. Some people like it, and some people don't. But as you guys know, in the media, there's always somebody writing the headline, and those are the ones that get you in trouble. Thank you again to the guys that wrote the headlines, and now there's something going on here in Toronto. He continues, I was actually screaming at the umpire. But if people want to feel like I was screaming at Stroman, and that's a story, so be it. I don't have anything against the kid. I don't buy that. Honestly, this is what I think is happening. I think both manager and player ran their mouths way too much and are now backpedaling. Stroman, you do seem to care. That's why you're so active on Twitter talking about it. And Cora, you do have a problem with Stroman because, well, the specific way you phrased your words. But whatever. I'm over it. Yahoo sports writer Eric Hee reports that in the first inning of his start on Wednesday against the Tampa Bay Rays, Rich Hill allowed a two-out bunt single to the Rays' Jimon Choi because the Dodgers had shifted all the way to the right side of the infield against the pull-happy Choi. Let's listen in to Hill's choice of words on the matter. That's right, F-words galore. And I think it's safe to say that Hill is not a fan of the shift. I mean, not at all. Tampa Bay's beat writer Josh Tolentino gives the more PG response from Hill. I never enjoy seeing an entire part of the field open. I think hitters are getting better and understanding how to beat the shift. No matter if you're a power hitter or whatever you want to categorize your hitters in the top part, middle part, or at the end of the lineup, guys are getting more savvy and understanding how to beat the shifts. We have to make adjustments to that. Well, manager Dave Roberts decided to give his opinion as well. Pitchers have a way of remembering the ones that uh, don't work out and that kind of gets to the front of mind. Uh, But there's a lot of plays, a lot lot of balls, I think, that even – um, you know, outside of that bunt, but balls tonight that were in play and even throughout the season. Um, I think we've converted more than, uh, than have been, uh, we've been victim of the shift, you know, with Rich or any other of our pitchers. So um, he's a competitor and he doesn't like giving up hits. Now, teams will eventually learn how to hit against the shift. And then a new strategy for people to get upset about will be introduced and it just goes on and on. 
That's why I think banning the shift is stupid. It'll ban itself eventually. And your list updates. ESPN reports that Oakland Athletics designated hitter Chris Davis is undergoing an MRI on his ailing left hip in Cleveland, but the team has opted against placing him on the injured list for now. I reported earlier, I think it was yesterday, that the team had decided to put Davis back on the injury list, but have obviously changed their mind. Manager Bob Melvin backtracked before the team's series finale, explaining there is a great chance he goes on the injured list, but we're holding off just in case, and we'll see where we are on Friday. So yeah, honestly, I think he'll be back on the injured list, but we'll know by tomorrow. According to NBC Sports, the Rockies announced yesterday that closer Wade Davis has been placed on the 10-day injury list due to a strained left oblique. Davis hasn't pitched since May the 14th, and it is currently unclear how or when he suffered his oblique injury. Hopefully they can get some answers soon. It has also been determined that the Rockies starting pitcher Tyler Anderson, of whom we talked about yesterday, has now been placed on the 60-day disabled list. The Rockies and even Nationals have been bitten by the same injury bug that has plagued the Yankees all year, except the Yankees have been able to adapt and are in fact in first place. Speaking of the Yankees, and no, it's not about their dominance over the Orioles, that's probably going to be talked about later on, Juan Carlos Stanton took a step back in his return from arm injuries and won't play in any rehabilitation games for 7 to 10 days because of left calf tightness, according to SportsIllustrated.com. Manager Aaron Boone says, There's a little bit of soreness in there. Just being cautious with it yesterday. He does have a strain in there, so we'll shut him down for probably a week to 10 days, and hopefully from there he can ramp back up. The good news is, at least, it seems like it's somewhat minor in the grand scheme of things. The one thing with baseball, though, no injury is really just minor. According to ESPN, the Los Angeles Angels have put backup catcher Kevin Smith on the seven-day concussion injured list. The team made the move yesterday afternoon, hours ahead of their game against the Twins. Smith left Tuesday night's 8-3 loss to the Twins after being hit in the mask by a foul tip during the fourth inning. Manager Brad Ausmus had this to say, When we got out there after about 15 seconds, he seemed fine. He said, I'm good and I'm ready to go. The trainers looked at him when he came back in at the end of the inning and they said, No, we need to get him out of there. We don't want to mess around with a potential concussion in the middle of May. Now, as a catcher myself and an umpire, getting hit square in the face, even though you have a mask on, it's it's jarring. It's weird. It it rattles you in a way that getting hit in the head with a basketball doesn't compare to. It's just you just have to experience it. I, I don't suggest you go out right now, put a mask on, and have someone throw a baseball at your head. But I'm just saying, like you have to experience it to understand fully the the damage it could cause and how weird it feels. Earlier this week, Mets manager Mickey Callaway benched Robinson Cano for his lack of hustle when he hit into two different double plays. Well, it seems Cano wanted to show that he learned his lesson. With a runner on second and two outs, he hit a ground ball to shortstop and sprinted out of the box. However, he injured himself on the play. He had to leave the game with left quad tightness. You know, as I was putting this particular story together, something just kind of popped into my brain. Not popped in my brain, but just came to my mind. You remember earlier when, not earlier in the week, but like earlier in this podcast, like five minutes ago, when Dave Roberts said that pitchers have selective memory when they only recall the times the shift didn't work. Couldn't the same thing be true of this situation? 99.9% of the time, a player hits a ground ball and it's going to be the easiest out in the known universe. Players jog to first, aka not hustling, and it makes no difference. But that one time, that you don't hustle and it costs you a hit or run or it extends the inning, that's the only time people will remember. That's the only time your manager will remember. I don't know. It's just just something to chew on. Seems a little hypocritical. CC Sabathia's bulky and bothersome right knee could soon be sending him to the New York Yankees still full injured list, according to ESPN staff writer Coley Harvey. We have so many injuries. And to kind of pile this on there kind of sucks right now, but this is just something that I need to take care of, the 38-year-old Sabathia said. Probably take some time off just to get the medicine in there and let it kind of work its magic. 
So instead of joining his teammate, Sabathia will be going back to New York. He's expecting to get a cortisone shot that day, which will force him to be shut down a few days. It is very possible that Sabathia ends up on the injury list. I think he will. He's just not as spry. I don't know if he was ever spry, but he's not as young as he used to be. So I don't know. The Yankees are in first place, I think, by two and a half games. They're doing well. Now's a better time than any, I think, to put Sabathia on the injured list. But I'm not the coach. Quick takes. The college baseball conference tournaments began on Tuesday. Well, at least that's when I started watching them. I think it might have started Monday. I don't know. The Florida-Texas A&M game was very exciting. I was able to watch that. Anyway, college postseason play is, is underway. That's the bottom line. Mississippi State and LSU just completed about four hours ago from when I started working on today's episode. LSU lost 6-5 to five in what was the longest game of the school's history at 6 hours and 45 minutes. In the bottom of the 17th at 3.03 a.m., State's Gunner Halter, where did he get these names, delivered a two-out walk-off single up the middle to score Justin Foscue from second base with the winning run. I'm, I'm exhausted just reporting on this story. Like, literally, just about four hours ago, this game came to an end. Kirby Yates picked up his 20th save of the season yesterday as the Padres defeated the Diamondbacks 5-2. As Dennis Lynn of The Athletic says, five MLB teams have yet to reach 20 wins. Yates is currently five saves ahead of the next closer in line behind him at, I think, 15. He also has a 1.13 ERA, a 9.58 whip, and has struck out 44 hitters in 24 innings. So, yeah, he's been dominant. And his name is Kirby. Makes me think of one of my favorite players in all of baseball, and those pink little cream puffs. According to Bleach Report, five days after being designated for assignment, Keon Broxton has been traded by the New York Mets to the Baltimore Orioles. Told you the Orioles news just gets worse. The Mets announced Wednesday they have received $500,000 in international bonus pool money in exchange for Broxton. Writer Adam Wells concludes by saying, going to the Orioles should lead to more playing time for Broxton. They are in the early stages of a long-term rebuild and own the worst record in the American League, so they can afford to give playing time to a struggling veteran hoping to turn his season around without panicking over wins and losses. Ouch. I mean, it's true, but sheesh. There's no reason to be so mean. Well, now's a better time than any to keep pounding away on the birds. Last night, Claybert Torres hit his ninth and 10th home runs against Orioles pitching. And I haven't even touched on this at all, but Gary Sanchez is also lighting the Orioles up. He hit his ninth home run against them last night. Anyway, there. I talked about it. I want to go home now. With runners on first and second and nobody out during the third inning, White Sox pitcher Ivan Nova delivers the 1-1 pitch to Jake Marisnik. To third, Moncada on the bag, to second for two. It is a triple play! You never know what you're going to see in the game of baseball. According to Baseball Almanac, it is the 718th known triple play dating back to 1876. According to Bleach Report, Carlos Gonzalez's stint with the Cleveland Indians has ended after just 30 games. Cleveland signed Gonzalez to a minor league deal in March and had him start the regular season in AAA to get some reps. But after being called up, he hasn't been too productive. And with the Indians' surplus of outfielders, Gonzalez was expendable. Maybe the Orioles should pick him up. He had some great years with the Rockies, but towards the end, fans were frustrated with him, especially how he performed down the stretch last year as Colorado squeaked into the playoffs. I was actually at a bar in Denver watching the first game against the Brewers last year, I even went to a game in July at Coors Field, and all I heard was, "Ugh, oh, Gonzalez, you, followed by expletives galore. Good times. Well, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for tuning in to Thursday's edition of On the Hop News. But I do have something else for you. When you have a chance, check out the box score of last night's Red Sox-Blue Jays game. You're looking for a very satisfying sequence that has to do with players 
home runs. Hit me up on Twitter if you think you see it. Talk with you tomorrow.